to For Real, our podcast about documentaries. Uh, I'm Matt, and this is my guest host, uh, Scar. Hey, hey, everyone. Hi, Scar. Uh, This is going to be our first podcast since Kay went missing on that lonely trek up Mount Everest. Uh, Nobody's seen him since. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm optimistic that the mountain took him. So now it's just going to be me and whoever I can find to join me on this lonely quest for good documentaries. And I can vouch for Matt. He, I was with him when uh, Kay went missing. So if anything looks suspicious, when if and when Kay's body is found, Matt and I are uh, we we have alibis. If anything, Scar killed him. I'm just saying it was it definitely <laughs> wasn't me. That's all I'm getting at. I can't vouch for him, but I, I if he vouches for me, then it's acceptable. Man, right. that that quid pro quo thing you were preaching earlier sound was a bunch of shit, huh? Yeah, this isn't uh, strangers on a, strangers on a train. All right, this is every man for himself. <laughs> I'm too pretty to go to jail, so I gotta keep my head out of here. So, so being a good, a good being a good host, I I scar uh, choose which documentary we're going to be reviewing with with a little input. Yeah, I, I had a, I had some input to it, but we landed on the Mothman of Pleasant Point. So I'm going to go ahead and read the description of this. Learn the terrifying true story about 13 months of changed history. In November of 1966, a car full of kids encountered a creature unlike anything they'd ever seen before. In the weeks and months to follow, the monster, now known as the Mothman, was sighted again and again on country roads and around the, west, around the state of West Virginia. Here's my, here's my question. All right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, I just a quick spoiler alert. The documentary is nowhere near as coherent as that description. That was probably the most understandable thing about the entire documentary. Here's my question. These people are terrified of this giant mothman, right? And everybody's looking for it. And everybody's just terrified. This this beast, this monster. But throughout the entire thing, you don't hear about him actually hurting anybody, right? So people are just kind of hunting him for sport i feel like is well we'll get to that that. (laughs) i have a thing Uh, about the hunting i'm very excited to talk about that one uh, oh me too Um, it's it's very at west virginia perfect you guys you guys nailed it on this one all right thank god the sasquatch wasn't seen every every over over six foot would have been blasted all right so this documentary it opens up with uh the director talking about the mothman prophecies Roughly the way you'd start like a campfire, scary, scary story. It's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which and he describes it where the carnival of horrors takes place. So Point Pleasant, West Virginia is a town of less than 5,000 people. It's about three miles long. It's basically a gas station and a recruitment center where the, the two main spots to see things happening. This town, it's a little backstory. Apparently it's got a long and bloody history. Uh, especially with Native Americans. Somewhere in town, there's a mass grave for one of the tribes that were in the area. And the way the story goes, there was a chief, an Indian chieftain named Cornstalk, and he came to an agreement with the white settlers. His Uh, first mistake. His first mistake, yes. Don't, (laughs) Don't trust white people, all right? I can confirm that. I'm completely untrustworthy. So So they came to an agreement... Let me just get through the cornstalk thing here. Yeah, I, as soon as you're done, I got a thing to say about it. They came to an agreement. Two years passes. 
corn chief cornstalk which i feel terrible for chief cornstalk all right you hear about all these great names like sitting bull or you know stuff like that this guy's name is cornstalk i mean it's not it's it, he i feel like he got i feel like he got nailed real hard on the name the fact that he still made chief good for you chief cornstalk but so two years pass he takes his sons to go meet the, the white settlers again to come to another agreement the white settlers betray him and murder him and his sons and supposedly chief cornstalk cursed the town for 200 years so the entire recap of this in uh native american curse on the land of point pleasant point point pleasant point pleasant just it sounded like something out of parks and rec i don't know if you're familiar with parks and rec yes it sounds like pawnee and the wamapoke tribe where they just talk about this massacre that happens and then there's a curse laid on the land and then the white people are suffering 200 years later for it (laughs) my wife came in while i was watching this and that's exactly what she said. She's like, "Is this in Pawnee, Indiana?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, no, but it's uh, it's got it's got some similarities." So after he curses the town for two hundred years, and you know, obviously, with white people, if you're darker than slightly tan skinned, and you say there's a curse, everybody freaks the fuck out. So this, but they blame this this Indian chieftain for a variety of shitty luck that the town had. Uh, there's multiple floods, lost lives, and just bad fortune that plagued this town. So I, I do have to say, the the flooding, you're blaming that on a curse when you're a, a little waterbed town that is set between two rivers. Like, yeah, yeah there's going to be flooding. That's like people saying New Orleans is cursed. Yeah, you know what <laughs> New Orleans is cursed by? Bad construction. Stop living below sea level. It's exactly. A, <laughs> it's a bad life choice. Uh, so Early in the 20th century, the stories of the Mothman begin. In 1914, there's multiple sightings of this terrifying creature with the body of a bird and the head of a man. Uh, Obviously, with these sort of sightings, reports vary. You know, some say he's four feet tall. Some people say he's six feet tall. Some people say he's got a five-foot wingspan. Some people say he's got a 10-foot wingspan. I mean... You know, maybe it's maybe got a, maybe you had a whole group of of mothmen living in the area, and they're just you know maybe one day they saw the baby, and the next day they saw the dad. It's obviously all reputable reputable reports as well. Um, I'm sure no one's drinking. been drinking, no one's been inhaling fumes, nothing yeah, like I, that. Definitely I, I, not. I was just gonna say nobody's been drinking bad moonshine at all. In a town of <laughs> five thousand people up in the hills, nobody's been drinking moonshine. No, definitely not. No way. So, you know, there's kind of sporadic sightings over the years. But then in 1966, this story gets crazy. And by crazy, I mean ridiculous. In 1966, November 11th, a National Guardman saw the Birdman in a tree. Once again, Birdman's not attacking anybody. He's not not scaring anybody. He's just hanging out in a tree, minding his own business. And mind you, this is 1966. All right. You know they're smoking that good weed in 1966. This guy, whatever he was smoking, he could probably taste the color purple. (laughs) So obviously he's going to see a gigantic bird in a tree with the head of a man. Which that sounds completely ridiculous to me. Like, I don't know anyone that would really be scared of that. That just sounds really ridiculous. Like, I I don't know anyone that any kind of 
human head on a bird that would just not look ridiculous to me i i feel like i feel like it just look like off center like it'd constantly be in danger of tipping over <laughs> like, can you imagine a bird even like a big bird like say it's say we're talking about an ostrich or like even a giant raven with a with a human head the human head's just gonna look ridiculous i don't know about you i guess i'm thinking about my head and i have a gigantic head but just just in general unless it's like a small one like a baby head and that wouldn't look scary to me. It just looked kind of sad. Yeah, it, the the description just makes no sense. So I, I understand why it's been updated to a weird bug head eventually. But I, the, the one thing that the documentary never really touches on is how the Mothman got his name. Because every description they talk about is like, is bird-like, is they have a wingspan of this. There's nothing really that touches on the idea that it has like the head of a moth or it looks like a moth or something like that. It's always a bird-like description. Dude, I was complaining about that to my wife earlier. I was like, why are they calling it the Mothman? Everybody says it's a bird with a human head. Nobody says anything about moth wings. It's just, it's just you know, a bird. It, it, yeah, and they, they talk about like re- giant red glowing eyes, but there's never anything of like, it eventually evolved into this or that there's some kind of mythology to this. It's always bird-like description with a head of a human or glowing red eyes. There's nothing about, it looking like a moth or some kind of bug human hybrid. So I really want to know where the Mothman idea came from because yeah. it makes no sense with everything they're talking about in this documentary. Well, I mean, offhand, I don't really, I can't really think of any moths I've ever seen with giant red eyes either. So like nothing about the description sounds bug-like or moth-like to me. It just sounds like a, I don't know. sounds like a, a really fucked up looking bird. So shortly after this, highly credible source by a national guardsman four men at dusk were digging a grave and okay at dusk they were digging a grave this is this one this is one of the things that's happening like 80 miles east of point pleasant right in this point in that at this point in the documentary they're setting up like there's activity going on around point pleasant but nothing actually happening in point pleasant at this time there's basically like an 80 mile circle around this tiny this cursed land yeah, of this, point this pleasant land. yeah i had trouble keeping track of where everything was at i feel like i like when they were describing everything i was like i, I need a map just to like figure out how far away this is it was Sometimes, very scattered it, it yeah. made it, it was really confusing with the way they were trying to explain it because they're like we're talking about point pleasant and now we're going to go here 80 miles east and now we're going to go here 30 miles west and we're going to go here 30 miles north and it it was just really it was scattered all over the place. There's nothing really coherent about this documentary from start to finish. It, it just goes to show you that there are crazy people everywhere is the takeaway here. It's, you know, you're not limited to, there's not, you know, there's a crazy in every town and if they all report at once, I mean, yeah, you, you got a national story in your hands. I mean, I have my theories. We'll get to those in a minute, but I, I have my theories about what's going on. So four men are digging a grave and they see a giant, bird man which again the the inconsistencies grow because the animation that the the art that they show of this is a giant mothman flying around but they say a bird-like thing is seen in the sky flying towards the people digging the grave yeah i feel like they're just with the animations they're like hey uh we really really fucked up on on the on the brand of this creature (laughs) so let's just make it look like a moth and hopefully nobody's listening too closely to the documentary this this masterpiece 
that we've created together. <laughs> the moment that they they that we're on right now, where they're talking about the four guys digging a grave, it made me laugh just because again they're sitting on a still picture, but they're holding they're they're like shaking the frame of the picture, but keeping the the Mothman just out of frame. You can see like the tip of the wing, and then they like pan up to the corner, and you can see the Mothman, and then the other guys are out of the picture. But it's like that you could have just zoomed out. This is a single frame image that doesn't move you're just shaking the camera on the image oh the the animation on this uh thank god k is buried under snow somewhere right now <laughs> uh i i'm sure if if he watched this we would spend this entire podcast talking about how stupid the animation was and the recreations. I thought it, for like PlayStation one era graphics for how the animations for other retellings were i thought it was pretty pretty good considering the budget of everything well i i feel like the i mean the animation wasn't terrible but it was just the way it wasn't the animation itself it's the way they use the animation i think that's the problem i can agree with that but there are sequels to this documentary so i do think if if we have an opportunity we should torture k if he oh. if he's found and he's okay i think we need to torture k a little bit and uh bring him in for a sequel they made sequels of this? I think there's like two or three sequels. Jesus. Okay. Um, so that's that's so bad. Uh, so in the 1960s also, I feel like it's important we start pointing out that in association with the Mothman sightings, they're now seeing strange lights as well, which you can tell we're getting into when science fiction was starting to become a thing. Because now, instead of this being some kind of mystical creature, they're also spotting, you know, UFOs and weird lighting and, and stuff like that. So instead of just being some kind of crazy swamp monster, it's now an alien. Uh, <clears throat> well, I think the documentary implies that there's a swamp monster, there's a mothman, there's aliens, and there's other things going on, too. They, they offhandedly mentioned spook lights, which is a term I've never heard of before. And I was just like, what the hell is a spook light? Like, you're just you're just grazing past this. What is a spook light? It sounds a little racist, if I'm being honest. I had a, I, I mean, I've, I don't feel right saying it. I mean, I, I felt it. This is West Virginia. Who knows? I mean, it could be it could mean all kinds of shit. So outside of Point Pleasant, there's this land that's now called uh, McLinick, like Min, Lintick wildlife management area it's roughly eight thousand acres that they are they were using as in an ordinance a place to create ordinance during world war one then after it got shut down after following uh, world war one they turned into a place to dump chemicals and toxic waste that people is how you end up with swamp thing all right i feel like i should just point this out right here you got a town that's on a native american mass grave and then you've got an area where you're dumping chemicals and toxic waste at how many chances are you going to take Pleasant Point before you end up with some kind of crazed monster that destroys the town and kills every teenager within 200 miles that's having sex? <laughs> you've All right, got, you've never seen a horror movie. You've got Native American curses. You've got toxic waste dump now. You've got just alien sightings everywhere. This place is an X-Files episode waiting to happen. Yeah, Mulder and Scully are going to show up. So I guess teenagers used to go out to this area a lot to drag race or to hook up, which in the 1960s, I thought it was, you know, everybody was a little bit more above the belt, but uh, it seems like 
seems like people are going there to, to shack up. So this was prior to uh, it becoming a wildlife area. But during this time when it was abandoned, the Mothman was being heavily observed in the area. Uh, There's a couple driving down the road. They spotted this creature in the road. It, they said it ran off very awkwardly. And they, cl they claim they saw it again as they drove around this. They tried to cut it off. Why would you do that? Listen, if I saw <laughs> if I saw something like that, the last thing in my mind would be I should cut it off with my car to get a closer look at it. Inhuman <laughs> monster. Let's cut it off and see <laughs> if I can really aggravate the shit out of this thing. The description of the way it ran, it made me laugh because like, oh, it ran away awkwardly, which uh, where we live, there's there's an emu farm that's actually like 30 or 40 miles south of us. And yeah. when I was when I was like 16 or 17, a bunch of them escaped. And I was driving down the road with my mom one day. My mom sees something walking along the side of the road and she goes, oh, watch out for that hitchhiker. Don't hit him. And as we we drive by, we realize, oh, my God, that's a fucking ostrich or an emu or something. And now I'm wondering, maybe it was the Mothman. They could. Maybe he made his way north, <laughs> northwest. Maybe he's like, hey, there's a lot of guns in uh, West Virginia. I don't want to be down here anymore. They're unusually hostile about people looking a little bit different. Um, so anyway, this couple, they go to they go to cut off this this monster, I guess, is the term they're using, which once again, I feel like this this goes right up along people that hear a strange noise in the woods and they go to find out what made the noise. People, I understand curiosity. We all have it. Why in God's name would you indulge it under those two circumstances? It doesn't make sense. It's just a bad idea. No. It's... Best, yeah, best case scenario, you get like a second sighting of something you've already seen. Worst case scenario, it dives through the windshield and it eats your faces right off. All right? And that's just going to be good for the human race because clearly you are not smart enough to keep on breathing the same air that we are. So I mean, in Point Pleasant, they might not be breathing the same air we are. Oh, oh, geez. I mean, with all those chemicals and toxic waste, I'm I'm surprised they don't all have six toes on each feet. Anyway, so they see this they see this monster again. They go to cut it off. Which at this point, I would argue they are the monsters because they're harassing this poor creature. And as they see this this Mothman, it opens its wings, and they said it went straight up in the air. They said it didn't run forward like a bird and kind of take off it opened its wings and just shot straight up in the air and then it chased their car, which if it's true, good for you, Mothman. You have to take your <laughs> shit. Mind your own business, hang out in the street. They, they're, they're bothering you. No, they had it coming. This wasn't the last report about the Mothman being in that area. So a bunch of rednecks grab their guns. I'm sorry, I can't confirm that they're rednecks. They're people that live in the hills that all have access to <laughs> firearms that heard about something different and decided they're going to go shoot it. Which Can't the, confirm, cannot confirm the rednecks. Was he, was he the sheriff? Um, Denny Bellamy. He was the guy who I, I don't think he was a sheriff maybe, uh, but he was like a town historian or a town elder or something. Yeah. And he had this great line that I, I had to note where he says, people around awesome. here only had two questions. Can we shoot it? And if there's more than one, can we shoot two? And there's no further context to this. They yeah, just, they just can we shoot it it's it is just you want oh, yeah. to just, you, you just want to go shoot this random giant yeah. ass bird man yeah uh something's different 
we should kill it and put it on our wall. Uh, we'll investigate after we shoot. Shoot first, yeah. ask questions later. We'll shoot and then identify later what we shot. Hopefully it wasn't a teenager. Yeah, hopefully and, it wasn't uh, Adrian Brody in a costume like in oh my the, the village. <laughs> um, eventually, there's so many people in this on this 8,000 acre, which I don't know if you guys know how big an acre is. 8,000 of them is a lot. That's a big friggin' area. Especially when you're trying to chase something that can supposedly fly. What are the chances you're going to run across it? Well, I guess if you get enough rednecks and enough guns, the chances increase, but uh, that somebody's going to see it. But still, uh, I'd be concerned wandering, you know, bumbling around in the woods with a bunch of other people shooting at anything that looks remotely different. Eventually, the National Guard stepped in and they kind of started limiting the number of people that could go in, probably because they knew, as well as everybody else, that this story would end in tragedy if you had this many people with guns in a small area, undoubtedly drinking as well. Oh, Matt, you're clearly not on the side of side of the truth, because clearly the National Guard came in on the orders of the government to keep the Mothman hidden because... They didn't want him dead. They didn't want the Mothman to be found. Listen, can we be honest here? Mothman was a fucking vulture. All right. <laughs> we all know it was a vulture. They have bald heads because they, when they kill an animal, they stick their he- entire head into the stomach and eventually the feathers around their head and neck fall off. And they get very I actually did tall. not know that. That's it. That makes yeah. perfect sense. And they get very tall and they're horrifying looking, but they, they do have big wingspans too. Yeah, gigantic wingspans. And when they're on the ground and you scare them, which I've had the misfortune of doing before, <laughs> they run real weird, all right? Anyway. So, I'm the- sorry. Sorry, I wanted just one other thing because uh, there is a, there's an investigative reporter who is, uh, they, they cut to every now and then, who seemingly lost his neck. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but he's just sitting really awkwardly in his chair and he just, he has no neck. It's just gone. Yeah. It looks uh, like his body is shriveling in on itself. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to body shame, but like he just is a really weird position for him to be in, and it it definitely impacted his credibility with me. I um, yeah, I was shaking. <laughs> but he's talking about how they. He was the only person that was looking for actual evidence for the Mothman, and he he even be became like the special assignments guy. And the way he was talking about it just reminded me of the opening sequence of The Dark Knight where there's the one detective who has been assigned to discovering who Batman is. And someone's like, Hey, did you figure out who Batman is? Like the investigation is still ongoing. And then it pans over and there's a picture of Dracula on the wall. Yeah. And like JFK or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It it just reminded me of that. Like someone's asking, Hey, did you find the Birdman yet there, Mr. Magoo? And uh, the investigation's still ongoing. We keep getting reports though. So All right, so during this time, somebody within, I'm guessing, 80 miles of Point Pleasant, because I had to stop this like six or seven times and go back to figure out where exactly this sighting was taking taking place. A couple people started interacting with aliens or seeing aliens or telepathically being contacted by aliens. It basically, it turned into like a every night thing. People were spotting alien activities or they're seeing the Mothman or this, this whole area is it's mass hallucination from the chemicals being dumped in that 8,000 square foot area. Let's be honest. It leaked into the water source 
everybody out there's got lead poisoning and whatever else and they're all hallucinating and then for like 20 or 30 minutes it's just a bunch of long rambling stories by west virginians that are talking about meeting seeing or hearing the mothman people like i said they they see it they chase it they try to throw rocks at it they do all this crazy shit it's not smart there's reports of it flying over people's cars flying alongside people's cars after they harassed it and then during this time there's also reports of men in black showing up and basically telling people to keep quiet stop talking about it etc i think this was this was during our the time when the fbi was not necessarily doing everything above board so I'm sure that somebody heard something and was like, hey, you should go shut this down real quick. However, however you want to play it, the movie, I mean, it, that's basically the rest of the movie. There wasn't really, I mean, Scar, do you have any input as far as the rest of the movie? There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, it was really just, it, it was really just kind of random citing, re, not even reenactments, but like they were just reciting them from either statements taken or just other stuff because like there's one from a woman uh connie carpenter has a, a sighting of the mothman where the red eyes just like paralyze her while she's driving and the the documentary goes and coincidentally she develops cleag conjunctivitis later on in life like are you saying that the mothman caused her to get this yeah eye disease cool. or are you it, like how far how long after this encounter did she get this this disease and then um there's one that I, we we already kind of skipped over talking about like the alien encounters or just maybe these are the uh the quote-unquote spook lights that they're referring to there's this I'm, I'm gonna just assume here there's this drunk old guy talking about how his dog went crazy and he and his wife were watching tv and the tv starts whirring and making this really high-pitched screeching noise and eventually the tv just bursts and the the screen and the glass just fall on the floor and the dog's like running away and he sees these two lights spinning around in circles for like five minutes or so and he's just kind of like weird dog's not coming back wife's cleaning up the tv i'm going to bed he wasn't drunk or anything he didn't yeah, just like throw his beer bottle into the tv yeah. god damn tv's not working again Meryl. <laughs> hold the antenna higher Connie, where's my god dang TV dinner? Uh, I just Googled spook lights, by the way, because I was I was getting uncomfortable. There's something called <laughs> the spook light, also called Hornet spook light, Hollis light, and Joplin spook light is a ghost light reported to appear in a small area known as the Devil's Promenade on the border between southwestern Missouri and northeastern Oklahoma. So, way to go, West Virginia. Not only did you make up your own crazy shit, you had to steal somebody else's. So, um, there, there is one thing we kind of skipped over at the end here. Uh, the, the documentary has this really weird transition where there's a, a legitimate tragedy tragedy in the town. Oh, yeah. I, I was, I was going to mention that. I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, so, the, um, there's this bridge and it collapses uh i don't remember what the number was there's like 42 people died or something like that yeah I, the the image that sticks out in my brain is like there's like 17 confirmed dead and 44 still missing that might have been what it was lots of people died lots of people went missing this big ass bridge collapsed 
And uh, obviously, at this, you know, somebody has to go, well, I saw the Mothman up there. So they're blaming the, okay, so the, first of all, this lady's blaming the Mothman because she got some kind of conjunctivitis. Now people are blaming it because they saw it hanging out on this bridge or hanging under the bridge is what the, I think the guy said he was nesting there or some crazy bullshit. But yeah, I which, think, uh, which they completely undermine as well, because the guy who runs the Mothman Museum, the world's only Mothman Museum, thank God he, he says he he outright says no one's ever actually said this. It's all speculation. I think uh, I, I think definitely had something to do with it uh, would be my assumption. You know, he's out there. He's like, these people have been harassing me, chasing me, <laughs> me. You know what? I'm just going to sit under this bridge and just take out screws all day long until this whole fucking thing falls down to the bunch of redneck. <laughs> Let's see what it, happens. That whole sequence, like, it was a really weird transition, too, because they start playing, like, I don't know how many people have, like, seen mega church television programming or have been to yeah. a mega church where they that's, they start kind of like reminded me of they that's start playing like a little piano behind the the minister as they're preaching and then it kind of builds to a crescendo and it just the music starts playing and they're trying to emulate this but they're using amazing grace and like the most inopportune licensing time. free way like it's the most generic way you could do amazing grace without it being like bagpipes yeah it was uh it was not great but yeah, that's, you know what, thank you for that. Because I was like, this is, this is like triggering me in some way. I don't remember what it, why, like, I don't remember what event is making me so irritated about this, but yeah, that's, that's what it was. It's a mega church. Yes. And then um, as they're winding down again, they're not blaming the Mothman in the documentary. They are alluding that maybe there is some kind of connection to the Mothman, but because of the tragedy, people kind of forgot about the mothman and sightings and reportings just stopped i guess but there's a woman uh lynn fawn who i believe was uh chief cornstalk's like seventh generation granddaughter if i remember correctly uh she's like i hope it's never forgotten i i hope that this tragedy of the bridge falling is is something that stays with and we we never forget and i'm pretty sure no one's gonna forget it i'm i mean i'm from an area where there's a huge tornado that came through in like 1969, I think. And we, there's monuments to this thing. And the, the high school is rebuilt on that same area that the high school was torn down in. So it's, yeah, it's that, not that, something people are going to forget. I've heard people tell stories about that tornado so many times over the years. It's, 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 you know, we have a, we live in a town that's bigger than 5,000 people. I'll tell you that much. It's not huge, but it's bigger than 5,000 people. And, you know, that's, that's the story. Everybody was a part of it. It's, it seems like, it seems like everybody in town in some way was connected to this tornado. Uh, even people that might not necessarily be old enough to have been alive during this tornado. It just, uh, it's one of those things. So that is the Mothman of Point Place. Scar. I did actually, have one other thing before we end. Yeah. Um, because again, this documentary is trying to be really like this, this happened. We're presenting this in a way that it's not satire. It's not some kind of goof. This is something that happened. This is something that these these town people believe in. And at the one hour and three minute mark, they're showing the Mothman Festival. And if you haven't, if you weren't paying attention enough, you should look up the the statue of the Mothman that they have in that town. It is ridiculous. It has like a really weirdly divided six pack, and it it looks awful. It looks like it's made out of recycled aluminum. 
I don't know. It's awful, but you should look it up because it is hilarious that this town is devoting that much time and effort to that statue. But they're they're having their Mothman celebration, which is an annual thing that apparently draws over 10,000 people per year. Uh, But again, they're trying to be taken seriously. But in one of these shots, you can see the Scooby-Doo mystery machine in like someone has made a van out of this. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just looked up the statue. (laughs) it is awful it looks horrible and again it, they're they're describing it as a bird person but then they take the literal definition of like a mothman so they threw the head of a moth and some like really tattered wings on the back of like arnold schwarzenegger from uh pumping iron or whatever that bodybuilding movie is uh did you see that movie oh god it was uh with jeff goldblum the fly yes yeah i mean everyone's seen that that's what that's what that reminds me of. That's what that statue kind of reminds me of. But he obviously didn't have a six pack in the fly <laughs> because that was a credible movie. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, Mothman of Point Place. Scar, due to his uh, foolishness in picking this documentary, actually went above and beyond in his research and actually watched another one. Uh, this one was called. What was this called, Scar? This was the Mothman Prophecies. It is a movie based. Uh, they reference this in the documentary. It's a movie based on the book by, um, is it John Clean or John? Uh, yeah, John Clean, I think, is the guy who wrote the Mothman Prophecies. So th- this guy took, this is what the, the documentary is based off of. This is where a lot of the testimonies that they uh, reenact through the animations take place from. So I don't know why i think it was because of the boom of like based on a true story horror movies that happened after the blair witch project uh but they have this like amazingly cast psychological thriller supernatural thriller called the mothman prophecies starring richard Gere, um laura lenny and um what the heck is her name from uh deborah messing from will and grace and then there's like the coat, the the white coach from Remember the Titans, and then a handful of other people. You'd be like, I know them. I don't know their name, but I know them. Yeah. Uh, so I, in my guilt of making Matt having to watch this, I was like, I'll pay two dollars and eighty cents and see what this movie's about because movie reviews are a little more in my my wheelhouse for what my podcast is. So I I watched it. The opening is very The Ring, where it's. Um, Richard Gere and Deborah Messing, his wife, are house hunting. They get caught having sex in a closet from the real real estate agent who is like a complete asshole. He's he's doing the like, oh, there's other buyers. So if you if you want this house, you're going to have to buy it now. And he catches them in the closet and he they're like, oh, we'll take it. And then they like shut the closet, basically leading us to assume they're going to go have sex in this house that they haven't technically bought yet while their real estate agent is just outside on the way home, Deborah Messing is driving and they're talking about like how quickly they can get home to have more sex. And she sees the Mothman fly at her, but no one else sees it. And she gets sent to the hospital after this car accident causes her to crack her head on the, the windshield. And they find out she has a brain tumor. They're trying to figure out, was this a supernatural occurrence? Like she saw something and it caused the brain tumor. And they're like, no, this has been there for a long time. It's a one in a million brain tumor, but it's it's been there for a while. So we fast forward. She's dead. Richard Gere decides he needs, or he's a, a political journalist at this point, and he's driving south to go 
from DC to go interview a, a governor or something, but somehow he mystically ends up Northwest in Point Pleasant, and he oh, ends yeah. up he ends up knocking on the uh, the door of the coach from Remember the Titans, and he's like, "This is the third night in a row you've come to my house. What the hell are you doing?" So he corners them into his bathroom with a gun, and then the the sheriff shows up, and they're like trying to figure out what the heck is happening, and it's this big supernatural thriller where. Uh, apparently the Mothman, which uh, that's something we didn't talk about in the documentary either. There's um, Ingrid Cole, who is either an alien or a spirit of some kind who comes and like tells people prophecies. Like there's someone who said someone, 99 people are going to die in a, a plane crash in Denver. And so they, they adapt that into the movie. And uh, there's just some weird stuff that happened. But again, like did it really happen or was this just after the fact that some weird one, weird person wanted some attention? So this Ingrid cold person or spirit or something is kind of terrorizing Richard Gere, but not really because he's just sitting there saying like, Hey, you're going to talk to your wife again. Hey, you're going to see a tragedy. And he's trying to figure out what all this is, all this means. And much like the documentary, it means absolutely nothing. It ends with the bridge tragedy again but it tries to be a little bit final destination and a little bit Titanic and none of it works. And <laughs> that, that, I mean, tracks with the overall storyline of this, this. Yeah. Story. It was really grasping at straws. It was trying to take like the, the mythos that they were building in the Blair witch, but use something that had some real world actual like documentation, but they tried to put it into like a modern day instead of like acknowledging or, bringing it up like oh this happened in the 60s and now it's happening again no instead of doing that they're just like no we're just going to recap all this stuff from the 60s and update it to a modern day that that tracks this uh and i'm sorry you you mentioned your podcast earlier can you uh give us the name of that podcast uh the podcast is talking smack talking superheroes movies animation and comics and it's basically just an excuse to talk nerd stuff uh, I actually believe I'm scheduled for a guest uh, guest appearance on that one as well. You definitely are. Um, at the time we're recording this, I am a little overbooked as far as getting my own content going because I do have a big vacation coming up. So I'm trying to get some stuff uh, pre-recorded. So I might be calling on you soon. Nice. Uh, I will run your podcast while you're on vacation. It's fine. <laughs> I can... if, you're, if you're down with editing and you can uh, refrain from some more uh divisive swears i will I, i'm fine with that i've tried to get my team to do it and they're my team is just kind of like really passive about like no nah, it's fine we can just not have content for a while like that's not how the internet works man you, you mean like you said passive swear or like less more passive swears you mean like You're, racist stuff yeah please refrain from any of that potentially i oh. i don't i'm not saying that you do but sometimes things slip out when you're talking about stuff that you're passionate about what's the those things never slip out of me let's be clear to all our listeners out there <laughs> that's never been an issue with me i swear a lot but i'm not well i mean uh, i have someone that likes to drop r bombs in in private in my group it's not me it's not you uh but there's there is someone that um a, a slur for oh, people yeah. who are mentally handicapped and yeah disabled so okay. like he, he he drops those because he just he's from a, a little bit older generation than us and it, he's just kind of set in his ways he's had people who are handicapped tell him that it's fine but again it's it's more of a courtesy thing so i'm like just don't do it on the air and best case like try not to put it on the internet because that's where we're going to get in trouble 
Yeah, I'm, I'm married and my wife uh, kicks me in the ass when I say stupid stuff like that. So I don't say it anymore uh, because I enjoy not having a house filled with strife. So that, that is a good way to be. I yes. know strife in life is pretty good, especially when there's a wife. That's a good rhyme that I just came up with. No strife with your wife, guys. Well, anyway, oh, uh, correct, quick correction section. I, uh, so our last podcast, which I believe was a few weeks ago, or I, I guess not our last podcast, we're doing these a little out of order. I'm going to be running these at the same time that, uh, me and Kay, uh, will be running other podcasts. Uh, I we're said recording that... from the past, but will be heard in the future. Exactly. So that's how recording works though. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I dropped a mat fact and I said that cheetah's bones are hollow and that's why they're, uh, <laughs> that's why they can run so fast. That is not true. I don't know where I heard that, or maybe I thought I heard that. Like I said, it's a mat fact. I probably just tied it in. Basically the, the reason they can run fast is because they're built for it. Their, their skeletons just allow them to move like that. It has nothing to do with their, their bones being hollow so that was that was made up so i'm gonna, I'm gonna call myself out on that but you and uh, your your mystical uh animal facts are not going to be questioned every time you bring them up yeah i i don't know i've been telling people that for years too i don't know i i watched a national geographic on cheetahs i, I could have swore they said that uh that was like 15 years ago though and i mean who knows maybe maybe since then they've changed their mind but yeah, I was I was positive that was right, and I was I was wildly incorrect. I mean, I'm already second guessing your vulture fact from earlier. Maybe they're maybe they just have bald heads. Maybe they never had feathers. Honestly, I'm second guessing my vulture fact from earlier. <laughs> I'm already second guessing. I'm like, I don't have to Google that when I get off here because that might be another Matt fact. All right, I I don't know, I don't know. So what we'll to what we'll to find out? Uh, now you're gonna have to, to do some extra homework to keep make sure that you have your correction sections all in order too. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna make me crazy. Uh, I'm I'm sure that's I'm sure I, I I'm not even gonna check right now. I want to check right now, but I'm not going to. Hopefully, Kay's found in his uh, mountain home, and hopefully, I can pick a better uh, documentary for the next time we do this. Yes, uh, but, me, and um, Scar, me and Scar will be doing another documentary sometime in the future. I will allow him to uh, choose again. I've. I have a couple of guests lined up. I've decided I'm going to let all of them pick their own documentary that they want to watch since they're doing this as a favor and I'm trying to be accommodating as possible. So yeah, I did it. Um, there, there is a sequel. It came out in 2020, the Mothman legacy description is as follows. Many believe the Mothman to be a 1960s phenomenon, an omen only appearing before tragedy and disappearing after a flap of sighting flap of sightings well played after a flap of (laughs) sightings and the subsequent silver bridge collapse of 1967 and what if the sightings never ended (gasps) dun 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 uh but uh so i was gonna say the actual actually the latest sighting of the mothman was in 2021 he was spotted playing poker with the sasquatch and the loch ness monster i was honestly uh, hoping this documentary would be kind of in line with your previous bigfoot documentary i just wanted it to be something silly and dumb like it wasn't even silly and dumb it was just it was just weird i as far as beers for this i would say it's probably i got four or five i mean it was like borderline interesting uh 
all all I can say about it is that it's better than Demon House, and that's really what kept me going. Uh, so so Scar is invited back on the podcast because this was still better than one of K's selections. <laughs> so if if it had been worse than Demon House, I'd have been like, hey, I'm sorry, we're gonna be looking somewhere else for talent. I'm uh I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough beers in the world to make me watch this again. I, I think at that point I would just become obnoxious when someone would turn it on and be like, this is so stupid. It, it was not, it was not good. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say five and a half beers. <laughs> oh, I made you up it. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall asleep before six. I'm, I'm old and fat, so <laughs> I, I will pass out. Uh, but anyway, make sure you subscribe, rate and review. I'm Matt. I'm Scar. This is Scar. Uh, Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, sorry. Later!